Are you underutilizing one of the most powerful restaurant marketing tools on the planet? What do 92 million monthly Yelp searchers see when they land on your page? Is your content accurate and attention grabbing? Are you using every conversion tool possible to set yourself apart? Yelp is here to help. Go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash profile to sign up for a one-on-one with a specialist that will review your Yelp page and share tips to help you stand out. Again, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash profile to supercharge your Yelp page today. Now here we go. So that's where Simply comes in. We build the supply chains, we cut the middleman, and we're able to shift those dollars back to the communities so they can continue to grow amazing products, but also being able to bring a product that is competitive to the market. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. Hey, it's Josh. I'm starting a new case study group this month and I'm looking for a few specific people. So, if you're a restaurant owner or operator that's currently doing $50,000 per month in sales, have the desire and the bandwidth to increase your sales by 10 to 20% and have two to three hours per week to work on these strategies, I would love to help you scale up by Christmas. Go to restaurantcasestudy.com and sign up to learn more. Again, that's restaurantcasestudy.com. Are we getting screwed by our food vendors without knowing it? How many hands do these goods pass through before they get to our restaurant? To be candid, food fraud is real, and for many of us, we've been paying a premium rate for lower quality goods for far too long. That's where Sorella Harada and Simply come in. They're working to expose both the greed and the inefficiencies in our supply chain. Today, we talk about the true path your food takes to get to your restaurant and why it matters so much. So I was born and raised in Peru myself. I've been in the food industry for 12 years now, mainly started working in warehouse management systems and implementing systems to make operations more efficient for big companies like Nike or Tiffany's or just distribution operations and like UNFI and distributors for business to business. And then from there, I moved to a small coffee company called Mayorga Coffee and learned just working and managing the floor operations. And then after that, I had the pleasure to join Cava, the Mediterranean fast casual that started in Washington, D.C. And I was the third employee and was able to be with the company for about, I think they hit about 100 stores when I left. was also there when we acquired Zoe's Kitchen based out of Texas, and I led all the food and beverage efforts within the company. So anything to do with procurement, distribution, QA, R&D, and it was really in my time there that I really realized and learned how the customer really wanted to connect to the local farmer and know where food came from and support that local economy. And I saw this space onto how do you do that and how do you support that? if those food items just don't grow in your backyard, right? If you can get products that are in the Eastern Shore for DC market or products that will grow in the violent region for New York. And I think the consumer just really wanted to 
connect to where his food came from and we're in a global economy. So we saw this space for simply, I am Peruvian, me and my fiance, Matt, have been going to Peru two or three times a year. And we've also seen how these small farmers and communities just don't get the benefit of a export market or the distribution that some of these items are grown. They don't even know where sometimes their food goes to or who is consuming it. So we saw this space and just connecting all the dots. And we started in the market with some Indian grains like quinoa and amaranth um, and really focusing on to the food service business and telling that story to restaurant groups so they can align themselves with suppliers like Simply and live their values through the sustainability and ethical sourcing that we're doing. And so give me the elevator pitch. What is Simply? Yeah, so Simply is a modern ingredient company that focuses on ethical sourcing and bringing to market the best high quality single origin ingredients while focusing on sustainability efforts and social and environmental campaigns and helping the likelihood of the farmers and the communities that grow these products. What was the problem you were trying to solve for? Yeah, I think it really is for the customer, but also for the farmer is being able to link them together, being able to bring to restaurant groups or to customers, a product that is nutrient dense, that you know where it comes from, is of traceability, is of integrity, visibility, but also being able to connect that to the farmer. So the farmer knows where food is going for and by cutting all the middlemen in between and creating these vertical supply chains, we're able to shift the dollars back to the farming communities and social and environmental campaigns investing back into organic certifications or regenerative organic certifications that we're going through right now, but also being able to be competitive to the restaurant groups. I think that because there's so many middlemen in international supply chains, everyone has to cut a little piece of the pie, right? And prices just goes up. And sometimes we see restaurant groups want to be innovative and they want to bring amaranth into the market and they want to bring gigante beans from Greece, but the accessibility of getting that from the farmer to them and the price that goes with it is you're not going to be able to meet those F&B cost margins that you, sh- that you need to run a restaurant efficiently. So that's where Simply comes in. We build the supply chains, we cut the middleman, and we're able to shift those dollars back to the communities so they can continue to grow amazing products, but also being able to bring a product that is competitive to the market. And that was one of the reasons I was really excited to talk to you on the show about this, because there is this misconception that if it is organic, if it is from a small farm, it has to be prohibitively expensive to get access to. And I know that through your mission, you guys have found a bunch of different ways to cut those costs. Can you talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. So the motto at Simply is working directly with the farming community and doing everything in between until the product gets into the distributors, right? The U.S. Foods, Cisco, PFGs of the world or your local regional distributor in the area. But in between those steps, there's on average five middlemen that will touch that product that will not only can alter it and create that fraudulent activity that we see in international markets, but it can also add the price. And that's where the misconnection is of 
something that is ethical source or small farmed or single origin must be expensive, right? Would not be able to fit within many margins. By working directly with the farmer, we're already avoiding working with a broker. The brokers that are going to these communities and they at least put a 15, 20% on top of what the product is getting purchased from there. And that's the local broker at that remote regional area where farming communities are in international countries. And then you bring it into a port area where usually the product will get processed, washed, packaged. And then you have that other local broker that is consolidating the smaller volumes that are coming from the smaller farming communities. So you're cutting two parties right off the bat. And then we're also the exporting record. So we're not relying on a party at the country of origin to export this product. We're doing that ourselves, right? And then we're also the importer in the U.S. So we're consolidating all these steps to be able to gain those margins that are just getting lost in the middle of the business and really put it to where it should be, which is the customer and the farmer. And you define it as food fraud. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that. It was certainly a blind spot for me. I had no idea how many hands the food that we ordered passed through before we got it. And the premium that we're paying because so many people have inserted themselves in the middle of that process. Have you received pushback because you are intervening in that process? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we get pushbacks from all parties and in between. We get pushbacks from exporters that are our competitors, right? A country of origin, because we are the exporter as well on why you're creating this model. If you're working with farmers, if the farmer has a direct connection to the demand of that product, then everyone in between is not going to benefit from that, right? All the other competitors. So we get a lot of pushback from the exporters because they're kind of like the gatekeepers of those commodities at the country of origin. But we've also gotten some skepticism from the farmers themselves, right? Onto why are you doing this? <laughs> why are you trying to help me? And I think any brand that has walked on these steps and have tried to create a vertical supply chain, and I think great brands have done it on the coffee space, on the cacao for chocolate, but it really hasn't been done on other items. So these farmers are skeptical. They don't trust onto why are you connecting all the dots why? What's the motive behind the scenes? And that to us has been the biggest barrier to just really gain their trust in being able to scale with them. At the end of the day, we want to be able to take those high nutrient products and bring them to market so they don't get altered or wasted in between. Whenever I consume media, I'm always concerned. The question I repeatedly ask myself is like, what's in it for me? What am I going to walk away from this video or this podcast or this article? having learned. And for me, food fraud was just this revelatory thing that I think at the very least the awareness of is going to be incredibly helpful to the restaurant owners and operators out there. But something else that I think is worth bringing up is we look at the prevalence of this farm to table movement, and you guys are far more focused on farm than you are table. And you've got a central focus on creating an ecosystem that benefits the farmer. And so I guess my question directly would be, talk to me about the benefits to the farmer and talk to me about how benefiting the farmer benefits restaurateurs as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great question. Everything starts with 
where it grows, right? With the health of the soil, with the product itself. And any restaurant or chef will tell you that a product within season, a product that was grown within its ecosystem, within its biodiversity, is going to have the quality, the taste that it should be. We've all tasted a strawberry that was grown out of season in a place that probably should have grown versus a strawberry walking down the farmer's market of Santa Monica, right? We've all known the difference between those two products. And any restaurant that stands for quality, for fresh ingredients, for sustainability, to tell the story to the farmers are going to be one to focus on how is that farmer protected? What are the working conditions? How are they getting into my restaurant, right? What is the chain in between? How is that farmer seeding? How is it harvesting? How is it rotating its crops? Is it giving all the nutritional value that we need in the soil to have the level of phosphorus and so on, minimal tillage? Any restaurateur that cares about the quality of its products is going to connect us to. And what we're doing at Simply is just being able to showcase the work that these farmers are doing and the product itself shines for itself, right? Because it is going to have that tasting profile that we all know what a fluffy quinoa salad is versus something that has stayed in the line for way too long and is dry and you just don't get the same sense or a bean that has been dry versus a bean that is super buttery. Olive oil, extra virgin olive oil being the number one food item that suffers the most fragile activity than any other item in the supply chain, 70 to 80% of extra virgin olive oil in the market has been altered in a way. And we've all know when we get that beautiful green extra virgin olive oil and you just open the bottle and the smell, the fragrance of that just kind of overtakes the room versus an extra virgin olive oil that is rancid and that you are just worried about its smell or its taste. So it has no taste to it. And it's still extra virgin olive oil. That right there is a completely different meal experience for a salad, for dipping of bread for the customer. And that really relies on where was that item grown, how was it milled, and how was it sourced. How does combating climate change play into both the mission and the execution over at Simply? Yeah, so climate change is, for us, is number one result of regenerative agriculture, which is a huge initiative that Simply is taking and really putting ourselves as one of the leaders and one of the first ones to having certified products in the market specifically for food service. Regenerative agriculture focuses on farming practices that are going to reverse climate change. A healthy soil is going to sequester that carbon from the environment and is going to help us fight what we're seeing. All of us are being affected by what we're seeing today in this world with climate change. So by having healthy soils and being able to achieve those levels, you are going to be able to sequester some carbon. And being able to have healthy soil, there's different things that a farmer has to do, but most importantly, has to create rotation within its crop. So we can't have one crop that is, is going to be a monocrop and is just going to grow artichokes for five, 10 years, right? That soil is, becomes powder. That is not a healthy soil. You want to see a black, dark, rooted, soil that it will be hard to break with your hands. That soil has so much nutrients and those artichokes that are going to grow in there are going to be better for you 
but that soil is also going to be better for the environment and it's going to help us fight climate change. You guys have a direct-to-consumer line, but you also work with some really notable restaurants. Can you name a few and the products that they buy from you? Yeah, absolutely. So on the food service side, we work with great partners that really care and want to continue to focus their efforts on sustainability and ethical sourcing. So we work with Sweetgreen on the salad space and pizza here based in DC or hometown, Dig In up in New York. We've also started to working with partnerships in the meal kit category, direct to consumer and being able to expand their values through Simply. So partners like Daily Harvest or Splendid Spoons. And we've recently have launched our retail line so consumers can also feel empowered to enjoy a meal at Sweetgreen, but also go down to their local Whole Foods and find Simply products and cook that at home. So we're in Whole Foods or Quinoa line is in Whole Foods. And you can also find us online at Patagonia Provisions, which we all know is one of the leaders of sustainability and regenerative agriculture. Is there a focus on small independence in addition to the larger chains? And then what do you think you guys can offer to a mom and pop operation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a lot of independence as well here in the East Coast side and expanding rapidly in the West Coast. I think that for the independent restaurants and the mom and pops that are just creating that seasonal meals and those amazing menus that change and are providing that neighborhood with diversity simply is a red fit for that because our ingredients are really rooted onto creating biodiversity, right? We can't have a nutrient-dense chickpea if our crop is not being rotated with lentils, if it's not being rotated with gigante beans. Similarly with quinoa, it rotates with lupini beans. So the products themselves has so much, the offering of Simply is robust to be able to create new menus, but also the products themselves are so amazing that any chef that wants to get inspired and create new recipes is having those ingredients to be creative. Let's talk about momentum because Simply is a company that has scaled and scaled massively in like a really, really short period of time. How long have you guys been around? Like two years now? Yeah, we started in January of 2020, so a couple of months before COVID, so about 18 months. So let's talk about the secret to success there, because obviously you were able to create momentum and create momentum really early, but you also were working to establish momentum in the middle of a global pandemic. And so I can't help but wonder how, because it's great to talk about farmers, it's great to talk about climate change, it's great to talk about all of these things except for when there's a global pandemic and people's (laughs) attention is focused elsewhere. And so I'm wondering, how did you scale? How did you create a message that resonated so universally in the midst of such distraction? Yeah, it was definitely tough when we launched and we had three amazing restaurant groups signed with Simply and we were going live and brought all the containers in our warehouse. We were ready to go and no one saw COVID happening and everything shut down right in March. So we had to really rethink and adjust and expand into where is the need and how can we really help our communities? At first, we were working with hospitals. We were working with whatever meals were needed. Simply was there. We just wanted to help. We had 
product and a lot of supermarkets didn't. So we were able to just get our product in because there was just need of shortages at first. But as months continue to develop, we realized that the simply model of cutting everyone in between really helped us to bring product a lot faster. So while everyone was scrambling to bring product in because demand was so screwed up, restaurants shut down, but direct-to-consumer products rise and supermarket shelves were empty, we were able to support volume because we are working directly with these farmers. So there was no exporter that couldn't tell me, no, I can't get you product because that was us. So that right there really cut our time. And we also expanded outside of restaurants. We started to work with meal kits and we started to work with commissary CPG brands that care about sustainability and wanted to keep the products on the shelves. And once the food service restaurant industry came back, we were ready. We were, we already established. We already had volume. We were ready to continue to grow with them and support them as whatever that took. And I think the value of sustainability and the value of healthy foods has really have had a light during COVID. I think people have really focused on themselves, right? And into how can I be a better self? And healthy ingredients and nutrient-dense items can certainly do that. It can make you feel better. So I think that simply just had a great momentum. And for us, COVID, even though it was very hard <laughs> during those months, looking back, it really helped us grow faster and being able to support different restaurant groups or businesses that needed those products back then. You just used the word value about half a dozen times. And it brings me to my next question, which is how to establish value. Restaurant pricing is a really difficult conversation to have. It's a difficult conversation for restaurateurs to have with each other, to have with our customers, to have with our teams, because people like cheap. And I agree that your pricing is incredibly competitive, but it's nowhere near competitive with trash food. Trash food is cheap. It is dirt cheap. And so there's definitely price sensitivity, especially when it comes to restaurant food. And I'm sure that it's something that you have had to contend with over time. And I wanted to talk to you about that because how do you recommend restaurants and how have you advocated for the value of better food in a way that it resonates with consumers? Yeah, yeah. My previous life at Simply, I watched P&Ls and food and beverage costs for five years for 20, 50, 100 stores when, when Cava escalated. So I am very familiar with keeping costs in line, purchasing, contracting, and how important it is, especially for the smaller restaurants, to meet those prices, to really keep yourselves within those margins because the restaurant business is tough. And if you can control food, then you might not control labor and, and your rent. And there's all these variables that come to play that people sometimes don't realize all the effort that goes into that beautiful, amazing dish in front of you. So yeah, absolutely. Pricing is something that we take it very seriously as simply as we are working with our partners and restaurant partners to bring this product forward. But to the consumer, I think the customer of today sees the value of healthy ingredients and understands that you might be paying a premium today 
for a health ingredient, but you're not going to pay that premium later on in life, right? And that our choices today have consequences in the future. And they are becoming more educated onto a diet that is balanced, a diet that is full, a diet that provides the essentials for you in order to feel better. Because at the end of the day, healthy foods just provide a better sense for you to feel healthier, right? You feel like you have more energy. You feel like you're thinking clearly. You might go for a walk that it was 10 minutes, but next day you might go for a 15, 20 minute walk because you have the fuel to do so. So I think the customer of today is absolutely turning the corner to understand the value of healthy ingredients and learning how to support the communities that are doing so. Well, I think your experience at Kava kind of lends to both sides of the story, right? It's one thing to procure the ingredients and use them, but I think there's a larger conversation to have around branding and marketing, right? Because Kava is not particularly cheap and they have a central focus on health and sustainability and clean living. What did you take away from that experience that you think the restaurateurs listening could use if they wanted to use Simply's products? And they wanted to translate that value in a very tactile way to their customer base. What are some of the techniques and tactics that you saw Kava use that they could implement in their own restaurants to really hammer that message forward in a way that doesn't just explain the price, that establishes more value for the products they offer? Yeah, some of the techniques that we've seen our partners today use when working with Simply that or any brand that focuses honestly on ethical and sustainable sourcing and supporting their efforts has been on just having very clear communication direct to the consumer to do so. And some of those leverages that we've seen is a climate change friendly dish or a carbon neutral footprint dish and starting to show them how you're collecting that data and how you are sending that message, right? I think if a customer were to see that on a menu, you feel empowered to make a decision or just giving them choices to choose something that make them feel better for themselves. Another technique that we have seen is really focusing on the nutritional levels of a specific dish, right? So the amount of protein, that plant-based protein that is being served through grains or beans that you might be offering or the amount of fiber, the amount of all these different metrics that your customer might care for that dish that you're serving. So really focusing on the nutritional value and really focusing on the climate metrics that you can share with your customers are things that we've seen work with our partners. It's an industry podcast, and at the end of every episode, I'd like to give the guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement you'd like to offer? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as someone that's worked on the restaurant industry, the restaurant industry is tough, and especially in the last year that we're coming out of. So first and foremost, just amazing work. Thank you for serving all of us, for creating the number one industry of an entry-level position and being able to be so resilient to what we're going through. So it's an industry that is very close to my heart and something that every community cherishes that local restaurant or that restaurant group that you can really align your personal values to, or the food is just freaking amazing and you just can't get enough. 
But to me, in terms of the advice and someone that just it's working with the farmers to send that message and sharing those stories to the suppliers is just remember where your food comes from and ask those questions to your supplier. Where was this fish coming from? Where is this chicken coming from? Where was it grown? Where's my vegetables coming from? Because I think the more we ask questions, the more we become aware, the more we learn about this world of food and we can be more educated to make better decisions for our customers as well. That's Sorella Harada. For more on Simply, go to simplygood.co. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.